0: I've been really, really, really pleased with the response uh, thus far to the Above and Beyond campaign, which is basically doubling our missions budget uh, for 2019, which is our jubilee year, our 50th year. Uh, where we will do just not just uh, amazing mission work, we will double it. Uh, we'll double the amount, but double the uh, participation as well. And it's been great. The response has been incredible so far. And have really loved uh, hearing uh, the, the testimonies, seeing the videos, yes, but also hearing the testimonies from folks. But we hadn't heard from somebody of the younger, younger generation here. So I've asked Olivia Roberts to come up here, uh, Jeff and Alicia's uh, young'un, and uh, she just gave a great word in the first, service. She's a third grader at Brookwood Forest Elementary. She loves to play tennis. Her favorite subject is math, so we are not related by any stretch. And uh, she just has a great word to share, and thank you so much for doing this. Later on, we're going to see a video uh, on the construction mission ministry that we've done up in Wisconsin, which we're going to keep ramping up and hopefully doubling uh, uh, for 2019. But for now, we really wanted to hear from Olivia about her perspective of our church and above and beyond. So thanks for being here.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Olivia and Roberts, and I'm going to be talking a little bit about Above and Beyond. The first thing I really want to talk about is about our church. Here's two things I really like about it. One thing is I like my teachers and how they teach me in every way. I also like getting fellowship time with my friends because that's also important, too. The third The second thing I want to talk about is missions and why I love missions. Because I'm sure that everybody, if they do a mission, they're happy that they're helping others. That's always what I feel when I'm doing missions. The third thing is about above and beyond. Giving twice the heart and twice the hand is very important. Maybe last year you might have helped build a church or go somewhere to tell other people about God. This year you might want to do twice the work and maybe twice giving money. Thank you, everybody, and please support my message. Have a great day.
2: When I think about the investment that has been made by Builders for Christ in the ministries of Jacob's Well, I am humbled. When I see how God has used the tool we have built together to impact the lives of thousands of individuals and family, I am in awe of God. Our city, Eau Claire, is a regional hub for medicine, education, industry, and retail. Our church campus is strategically placed on the border of two counties at the crossroad of multiple major interstates that lead to every part of Wisconsin. We have people currently driving over an hour to attend our services. We believe these factors set us up to be uniquely and strategically placed to impact this entire region with the gospel. There is a crisis in small-town America. Churches are leaving and closing their doors. There is a spirit of hopelessness and even despair. There is a drug epidemic that is destroying the lives of families and entire communities. These towns need strong, healthy churches that will bring the life-changing gospel to places that are currently underserved by the church. Through live streaming and intentionally bringing church campus communities to these little towns, we could change all of central, southern, western, and northern Wisconsin. The partnership Jacobs Well has had with Builders for Christ has been critical to the impact we have been able to make in the Chippewa Valley and in western Wisconsin. Over the past year and a half, we have had almost 250 baptisms. These baptisms represent men and women and entire families who have been forever changed and redeemed by the message and the life of Jesus Christ. We have seen our youth ministry experience a revival as we have moved from a ministry to youth to a ministry led by youth who are being prepared to impact their generation and beyond. Our children's ministry continues to grow and expand. Each week we can have over 500 children worshiping God, learning the Bible, and discovering what it means to know and to follow Jesus Christ. We have a proactive marriage and parenting training for every stage of family from beginning to end. Through our care ministry, we have seen God bring healing and hurting to people, many of whom are coming out of difficult divorces or a time of deep grief or facing a parenting crisis. Others have recently been released from prison and are on a difficult road to recovery from addiction to meth and opioids. God has given us a plan to expand our campus to reach into areas that up until this time we have not been able to reach. We are building a new facility that will not only allow us to grow in our current location, but the technology that will be included in this building will allow us to expand into small towns and cities that surround our area through local church plants and starting campus communities in these towns. The building that's been designed is mission critical for us to take these next steps to reach more people in Wisconsin with the gospel and we are planning we thought through our planning it would take us another five years to build However, waiting five years runs the risk of losing the momentum that we currently have because our current building is busting on the weekends, which makes ministry expansion very, very difficult. What we do together this summer will create new churches, more people sent into the harvest, and unreached communities will be able to have a church presence. This will lead to hundreds, if not thousands of people impacted, saved, changed for all eternity. This will transform the region. For generations We are getting ready for you And we are on schedule Our financing is in place The plans have been approved Just this week The footings and the frost walls Have been poured And we are ready To hit the ground running This spring We will be ready for you And we need your partnership Will you come? God is getting ready To do a glorious miracle That you will not want to miss You have been so very faithful In the past And as brothers and sisters in Christ We reach out to you And we invite you to once again come to see us and continue on this journey with us together. Today's scripture is James chapter 1, verse 19. My dearly beloved brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. This is the
0: word of the Lord. There's amazing stuff going on up at that church in Wisconsin, and, and we really have been with them from the beginning uh, with uh, Jacob's Well Church. Uh, Greg Wolmack and others who are in here have been a part of that, but it's incredible what's going on there, and it's kind of a church that you might perceive to be out in the middle of nowhere, but people are coming in, as he said, driving. For more than an hour to get there, and uh, it's amazing uh, the way people are being reached. So it's an honor for us to consider going above and beyond and doubling our uh, mission budget for 2019 for the sake of a church like that. Well, this morning let's talk about above and beyond listening. Uh, I heard a lot, so to speak, from a lot of the people in the first service about this, For whatever reason, it hit some of them right between the eyes. Maybe you need to hear it. I know I needed to hear it as I studied it. Um, I think it was during my first interim here several years ago, I talked to you about my nephew, Drew, who, when he was five years old, came busting in the back door of uh, their home where my brother and sister-in-law lived in Louisville. And uh, he had just seen some squirrels doing some cool stuff, uh, uh, running around in the trees, and he wanted to tell his mother, Jan, about it. Well, we were standing in a big circle there, a big family gathering, just kind of standing there talking to each other, and he came right into the middle of the circle and kept looking up at her and tugging on her dress saying, mom, mom, these squirrels, mom, I, I want to tell you something. She just kept looking at adult level at all of us, just kept talking hoping that he would you know, eventually head away. But he, he just was stubborn, and he, Mom, Mom, I want to talk to you. So finally she scooped him up and held him up here, just thinking maybe that'll do. But she kept looking right past him as he was trying to get her attention. Finally, he could not take it any longer, and he put both of his hands, just kind of slapped them on either side of her cheeks, on her face, and pulled her face to him, nose to nose, and said, Wait a minute, we haven't found each other yet. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you weren't being listened to by someone? Someone was looking past you maybe even as you were speaking to them, or they were literally looking past you or at least listening past you. One of my big fears in our culture today, I'll say in American culture, is that we are losing our capacity to listen to each other, whether it's a couple whether it's someone in your family, whether it's someone at school, whether it's a working colleague, whether it's someone you disagree with on a church matter, on a political matter, on a social issue, an economic issue, whatever it might be. It seems as though we're losing the art of listening. Dustin just read James 1.19. Once again, it says what? Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, And slow to get angry. Now, beginning February 11th, we're going to have a great Sunday school series uh, that uh, Jeff Roberts, uh, the father of Olivia, who just spoke here, Jeff has written this amazing curricula based on Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the great uh, theologian and 20th-century martyr who died at the hands of the Nazis because of his resistance to them. And uh, he's written some amazing books like The Cost of Discipleship and Life Together and Ethics and other books. But we're going to be doing a Lenten Sunday School series, which is going to be great. It's like every adult in an adult Sunday School class can get a copy of his curriculum, and it's so well written, so thoughtful, and uh, I encourage the teachers to consider doing um, that series based on Bonhoeffer. Well, there's a marvelous book he wrote that I mentioned called Life Together, and in that book there's a section called The Art of Listening, and it's not very long at all, but it is just Packed with important thoughts about what it means to be, as James would say, quick listeners. And I want to talk about three facets of that today. First of all, good listening is a highest act of love. Now, you go to Mark chapter 8. By the way, this is why I left in the middle of the singing. I had to get my laser pointer because we're using this up here. If you go to Mark chapter 8. Jesus is with the disciples up in Caesarea Philippi, up here in the northern kind of hinterlands of Israel. There's that poignant verse where it says, and Jesus turned his face toward Jerusalem. What that means is he knew that as he started to head back to Jerusalem, what was going to greet him when he got there, which was basically betrayal and arrest and suffering and death. So obviously he thinks it's important for him right now to inform his disciples what is soon to happen to him. So they're up here in Caesarea Philippi, and if you look in Mark chapter 8, Jesus starts to recount to them what's going to happen to him. You know, he's going to be captured, and he's going to be uh, put to trial, and he's going to suffer, and he's going to die, and after three days he's going to rise again. And he says all of this quite clearly, it says, to the disciples. Well, what happens? Are they listening to him? Now, Peter takes him aside and rebukes him, corrects him. He's not getting it. And what does Jesus say in response? This is basically what he says. Let's go to uh, verses 34 through 36. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news and really for the sake of others, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? You know what Jesus is really talking about there? Love. Giving up of yourself for the sake of others. He's talking about love there. It reminds me of 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul says, If I gain everything in the world but have not what? Love, I am nothing. I'm nothing. Peter was concerned because it was all about him and his hope to have power. He didn't understand Jesus' suffering and dying because he wanted Jesus to be a political figure, and Peter wanted to be his chief of staff. He wasn't listening, and listening really is one of the highest acts of love. Bonhoeffer puts it this way, the first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. I think that's interesting. The first service is listening Just as God, just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love, the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. It is God's love for us that he not only gives us his word, but also lends us his ear. And let me say to be a quick listener is also to slow down. You begin and you're ready to listen, but then you've got to slow down. It involves dialing down your own self-concerns, reducing your own preoccupations and showing love for the one who is speaking to you, but you've got to slow it down. Chuck Swindoll tells a story so well that I'm just going to read it, and I think he puts it so well. He said, I vividly remember some time back being caught in the undertow of too many commitments in too few days. It wasn't long before I was snapping at my wife and our children "'choking down my food at mealtimes "'and feeling irritated at those unexpected interruptions "'through the day, before long, things around our home "'started reflecting the pattern of my hurry-up style. "'It was becoming unbearable. "'I distinctly recall after supper one evening "'the words of our younger daughter, Colleen. "'She wanted to tell me about something important "'that had happened to her at school that day. "'She hurriedly began, "'Daddy, I want to tell you something, "'and I want to tell you really, really fast.' Suddenly, realizing her frustration, I answered her, Honey, you can tell me, and you don't have to tell me really fast. Say it slowly. And I'll never forget her answer. She said, Then listen slowly, Daddy. To be a quick listener is also to slow down. It's one of the highest acts of love, but in order to achieve that, we've got to set aside our own agenda Got to put aside our own preoccupations, take a break from what you are doing, and really zero in and listen and give attention to the other. You've heard me define love, as my father used to define love, as willing the well-being of the other. Well, what better way to will the well-being of the other person than by listening we have some Sunday school classes here. I know one of the teachers is in here right now. One of the other teachers was in the earlier service. We have some Sunday school classes that have been daring to deal with sensitive topics over the last year. And uh, I've been really impressed by how they have been really committed to showing grace and good listening with each other. Because some of these are sensitive topics that, that are hot-button issues, whether politically, morally, Uh, uh, whatever it might be, but they've been so committed to handling this in a way that shows genuine listening and not trying to interrupt or reply or set somebody straight, but rather to listen to each other. Uh, the deacons have done that as well. We've dealt with one or two really, really sensitive topics and uh, even had outside people come in to talk about them, and I've been so amazed by the sense of grace that people have shown. It, it really reminds me of one of my sec, uh, favorite verses, Second um, Peter three eighteen, which says, what, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love that, and I love that order knowledge is important to me. I teach a lot, you know, and I read a lot, and I think knowledge is important, but grace always comes first. I think Peter was intentional about that, growing grace first, yes, and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And really, when we're listening well, we're emulating our Lord and Savior. I think Paul put it so well in Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4. He's talking there about emulating the mind of Christ, Let our minds be that of Christ Jesus. How? Well, here's how you do it. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Bonhoeffer writes this, just as love to God begins with listening to his words, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. Good listening is a highest act of love, but it's not only that, it's also a highest act of patience. Good listening is a highest act of patience. Okay, let's go back to the gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 9 this time. Mark chapter 8, He tried to tell the disciples, I'm about to suffer and die. Well, now they've traveled a little bit further. They've gone from Caesarea Philippi, which is the first place where Jesus tried to tell them about his imminent suffering and death, And they're walking down toward Capernaum there. Sometimes it's Capernaum or Capernaum. And they're walking down this way toward Capernaum. Jesus is obviously speaking to them, teaching them in Socratic fashion. Uh, He's walking ahead of them. And just as Socrates did, he's looking back and telling them important things. And one of the important things is, once again, I'm going to suffer and die. And you notice in this chapter, he gets a little more graphic with it. Uh, He gets a little more graphic as to what's going to happen to him when he gets down there. So, maybe this time, this second time, they'll get it, right? Do you remember? (laughs) Jesus stops finally when they get from Caesarea Philippi down to Capernaum. He looks back to them and says, What were y'all arguing about back there? But they didn't want to tell him because they had been arguing about who among them was what. Did anybody know? The greatest. Are they even listening to him? Are they concerned about him at all? who are they concerned about? Eh, Themselves. They're not even listening. Who is the greatest? Now, Jesus, I think at this point, could have really lashed out at them. How can you not be listening to me? But you know what? He's patient with them. In fact, he gives them this marvelous analogy about who really is greatest. Verses 35 through 39, I think is just beautiful. He says, sitting down, instead of lashing out at them, sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome, does not welcome me but the one who sent me. I ask you this, how patient a listener are you? If, if you were really honest, how patient a listener are you, especially with those you know, that you have difficulty listening to, listening with, it can be tough. But James says in God's Word, we are to be quick to listen and slow to speak. We are to be patient, not preoccupied about what you're going to say back. There's a wonderful quote that Keith had in the uh, bulletin of the first service, and it was a quote by Stephen Covey. And it said this, most people do not listen with the intent to understand, they listen with the intent to reply. Did you hear that? Most people don't listen with the intent to understand, they listen with the intent to reply. And I think he's right. We're thinking too hard about what we're going to say in reaction to what is being said rather than trying to understand the person. That's why Proverbs 18.2 says this, fools have no interest in understanding They only want to air their own opinions. They're not slowing down and listening. They're just wanting to strike back when they can, interrupt and get in there and set that other person straight instead of trying to understand. Let that person make the full statement, get it out there on the table, and then respond. I was talking to Merritt Rogers after the first hour, and he was talking about some training that he had had in law. And and he said, what we learned was uh, the more you're able to listen to someone, he said, lawyers really want to just interrupt and, and, and solve it for you. He said, the best lawyers are the ones that listen the best, and studies have shown that they are more persuasive if they let the other person finish talking first. So, so important. Bonhoeffer puts it th- this way, One who cannot listen long and patiently will presently be talking beside the point and be never really speaking to others, albeit he be not conscious of it. Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and his brother, but only for himself and for his own follies. Again, James says we're to be quick to listen, but slow to speak. We're called to be patient. Be quick to listen, but not quick to respond. Curb that desire to interrupt, because continual interruptions do nothing but but start to fracture away at a relationship. Don't be quick to give advice. You, you know this for a fact. We're in a fix-it church. <laughs> We're problem solvers. We're project managers. We want to get the job done. Somebody comes to me with a problem, with an issue, with a frustration. I'm like, well, let's solve it right here now. Let's just take care of it. No, listen to the person. Show them you understand. Practice genuine empathy first. Try to do it in a non-judgmental way. Try to resist defensiveness. And and it's a discipline. It's a discipline, but we've got to train ourselves to wait until everything is out on the table and then then respond. That's how we do it. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Somebody said uh, one time, you know, let the person know you're in it with both ears. And I thought that was well put. And we're called to be quick listeners And a quick listener is an active listener. You might have heard counselors talk about active listening. And they'll talk about being externally relaxed and internally active. And that's good. Show the person you're relaxed. You're not getting all, all flustered by what they're saying or you're not just wanting to jump in. Listen to them and wait. And be relaxed on the outside and on the inside. Be genuinely active in your listening to that person. Be quick to listen and slow to speak, because why are we talking about all this? Well, it's not just being nice and polite or anything like that. Ultimately, what are we called to do here? We're called to minister the gospel of Christ to others, and that's a primary way, maybe the beginning way that we can begin ministering to others, which leads to the third point. Good listening is the highest act of ministry. Okay, let's go one more time to the map in Mark chapter 10. Uh, Jesus has taken them from Caesarea Philippi, where he tried to tell them he was going to suffer and die, takes them down to Capernaum. Now they're getting very close down here to Jerusalem, and Jesus knows what is about to happen to him. If you read the passage in Mark chapter 10, he actually says the word, listen, or some translations say, see. We would probably say something like, hello, hello. He's trying to get their attention. He says, see, we are going to Jerusalem, and when we get there, I'm going to be handed over to the authorities. And, and they're going to, to, to turn me over to the mob ultimately. And, and what he says, he gets really graphic here. They will flog me. Uh, they're going to spit on me. They're going to beat me. They're going to crucify me. I'm going to die. And after three days, I'll rise again. And I mean, how much more detailed and graphic and gory do I need to get? That's what's about to happen. What happens in the next breath, very next verse? Do you remember? James and John walk up to Jesus and say, hey, you know, when you get this uh, earthly kingdom going and you're sitting on your throne, can me and James sit on either side of you and be your chiefs of staff? It's exactly what they say. Again, are they getting it at all? Are they listening at all? Way too consumed with themselves. And notice what Jesus says to them. Let's go to those verses in Mark chapter 10. When the other ten disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. I guess. I think they were jealous. I think they were all attuned to that kind of selfish mindset as well. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus says this is all about servanthood. You serve others as a slave for Christ. You know, sometimes when you're listening to someone, the most powerful, powerful thing you can do is simply be a servant and listen to them. Not feel like you have to answer. Not feel like you have to, to, to fill things in with words that probably are empty. Sometimes the best ministry you can do is simply sit there and listen and be a presence there. Janet Dunn, who's a writer and former missionary, puts it this way, Often good listening involves putting more emphasis on affirmation than on answers. Many times God simply wants to use me as a channel of his affirming love as I listen with compassion and understanding. The best ministry you might do today is to listen to someone's pain all the way to the bottom. I like that. Listen to their pain all the way to the bottom. Sometimes good listening only listens, and that's it. And it ministers best by keeping quiet. But there's also a special power in good listening. If you do listen well, I think Scripture says it readies you to offer a good word from the Lord to that person that just might be what they need at that moment in time. Bonhoeffer puts it this way, we should listen with the ears of God that we may speak the word of God. No one listens to us better than God does, and if we try to listen to others the way God will put up with listening to us, that enables us as effective ministers to offer some words at the right moment that can help be transforming for them. Now, I want to conclude with Bonhoeffer's concluding words about listening, and it really is a word of warning. He says this, He who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. He will be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. This is the beginning of the death of the spiritual life. Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and his brother, but only for himself and for his own follies. No doubt. We listening does impact us spiritually. It impacts us in our capacity to listen to God as well as others. That's what Bonhoeffer is saying. Think about James, by the way, who wrote the words that were read just a moment ago, our scripture passage, about being quick to listen, slow to anger, slow to speak. That's, that's James. It's James who was what, the brother of Jesus who did not listen to Jesus at first. If you look at John 7, 5 and other passages, uh, his brothers didn't know what to do with him. They were embarrassed by him. When he tried to convey to them what he was about, they didn't buy it. But eventually he did. I wonder how many times Jesus tried to do this with with, uh, James and the other brothers and say, hey, we haven't found each other yet. But eventually he did find James, and James found him. James became the leader of the Jerusalem church the largest church in the earliest earliest organized churches. Question is have you found him yet? And and part of that yeah I mean do you have a personal relationship with him? But all the more have you found him as of late in terms of listening to something that he has to say to you? Something that may have been kind of kind of gnawing on you at the inside that you know Jesus wants you to hear this. Jesus wants you to perhaps start doing this or stop doing this. Jesus wants you to begin a new chapter with this. The question is are you listening to him? Really listening. Let's pray together. Forgive us, O God, when we have ears of stone. Forgive us when we fail to listen to you. That's bad enough. but also when we fail to listen to our brothers and sisters, whether it be our disagreements about something, our positions on some issue, how we should carry out some endeavor, how we need to heal a broken relationship. Open our hearts all the more, God, that we might truly open ourselves all the more to each other. Make us more selfless servants setting aside our own preoccupations that we might be better listeners to one another, that we might be the church you have called us to be and that you might be all the more glorified and that your good word would be spread more fully and authentically as people see that we have something worth asking about and listening about Lord help us to listen, open our ears and help us to listen